You are listening to Courageous Self-Love, which is the official podcast for the self-love revolution. And today we are talking about self-love and money. What's the deal with money? How do we elevate our conversation around it? How do we make more? How do we stop struggling? All of that good stuff. And for this conversation, I decided why not have it with my very best friend in the whole wide world, Jake Piscara. I'm in California. He's in New Jersey. I was going to say New York, but whatever, same thing. And we're here. Hey, guys. Hi. How are you? I, I wanted to talk to Jake about it, number one, because he's my best friend, and this conversation is about to be electric or whatever, but also because... We've known each other for like, what, 20 years now? And I've seen him and he's seen me really like elevate our conversation around money, going from, you know, wherever we started, which we'll talk about, to making money, doing things that we love, uh, reading books, listening to podcasts, doing things to elevate our money mindset. And we've done a lot of growth. And I felt like it would be really cool to talk to each other because we've known each other like since like high school just to see like where we were and then where we are now and then where we want to go and to talk about the things that helped us to get there. So I want to hear just a little bit, you know, tell us like a couple of sentences about where you were with money, let's say two decades ago or growing up. What was your mindset around money? Where I was with money, um, I, it really was a journey throughout the past few years. I think over the past five years, it's been like a, um, I, uh, trying to change my mindset around it. Um, I used to believe that money was like some sort of finite resource, you know, like back, I just remember hints of, uh, growing up where if my parents gave me $20, you know, that I had to share that between my brothers and my brother and sister. And it was $20. That was it. I could never get any more than my share. And that was, that was that. So I, I always had this belief that it was a finite source and then I can only have what's available to me or what's given to me. Um, and then with that growing up, my parents always said, you know, you got to get a job. You got to do this. Don't, don't do, um, don't do acting. Don't do dancing. Don't do this because that's not going to give you a lot of money. And that further supported the evidence that, Hey, there's only so much out there. And I, if I put myself into this position as a job, then I can get this much. And, um, that tied into money being or earning money being somewhat a system of exchanging time and effort to get money. And then where I am now, it's um, because I'm also, I'm a medical technologist, uh, AKA cancer scientist, and I work in a lab and I'm also a dance teacher and a performer uh, and I travel and I, and I teach, I perform, I've been on tours with Rhythm City and Damo. D to the O, we love Damo. <laughs> Check out our music. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I just, I just want to pause there for a second. So it's like, you know, and I love that you brought up your parents because I feel like our parents or, you know, whoever, whatever the grownups we grew up with, their take on money, whether they actually taught us about it or not, but like how they treated money and what they told us was really impacted how we thought 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I also wanted to, so that there's that piece of it. And we'll definitely talk about parents in like in more depth in a sec. But then there was also the other piece of this belief. And I don't think it's just your parents. It's my parents too, but then also society as well, where it's like, this is the way to get this much money. All that other stuff that we love, like performing and art and dance mm -hmm. and, and all of that cool stuff is not a great source for money. It's just a hobby or it's just something for fun. So you went from that to you make money dancing and teaching yeah. dance and touring, which is like, I just want to like pause there because that's not a little thing, you know, that's, that's big, you know, and, and I had a similar experience because I was taught similarly of like, you have this job. These are like the, these are like the list of jobs that are acceptable, which is like, we're Filipino. So, you know, nurse, <laughs> uh -huh. nurse or nurse or nurse or nurse or, doctor, nurse. or male nurse or engineer <laughs> or registered nurse or mailman or teacher. <laughs> Like anything for the government or <laughs> teaching or something in the hospital. Or teaching nursing. Exactly. Something in the hospital, which <laughs> is like, you know, that's not a very long list. And, you know, respect to our immigrant parents. I get why they thought like that. But in our world, there's so much more possible. And so... I definitely agree that, uh, you know, they, yeah. I, I appreciate my parents and I love them. Um, I also accepted the fact that they taught us to their best of their abilities with what they knew and the resources that they had. But of course, times change and a lot of this stuff is also outdated. Absolutely. And so our before is pretty similar in the sense that, you know, we went to school to get a degree, to get a certain kind of job, mm -hmm. to make a certain amount of money. And for a while, that was the only way that we made money. So for me, it was get, I got an engineering degree from NYU. Hi, we got some smarties up in here. <laughs> and then I ended up working on Wall Street in the financial services industry by way of the tech, tech world, but then going into just more of the money analyst world, which is great money, you know, and being a medical scientist is great money. And I feel both of, I, I know both of us were like starving for this other creative outlet because we started a dance team together. Oh yeah. So it was like, we're working and then we're like dancing is like our second full-time job, except we wasn't getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a penny. And, and I see this, it's rampant in our, in our society with our friends. It's like, I can make money doing, like how many of our friends became nurses but then we're like dancing on the side. Oh, plenty. A lot of them. Like 90% of them. Right. And that's not to slam that. That's like a perfectly great yeah, way to do it. Very, yeah. But we're talking about self-love and money, like money mindset. So it's, it makes me curious about what's the mindset around money and the belief around money and the amount that you can make. And not only the amount you can make, but the source of that money. Mm -hmm. and our society we're, we're not taught to believe it's like either either you're a starving artist or you're j-lo mm. yeah there's no in between but the yeah. truth is there's a lot of in between we're yeah. in that in between yeah. you know you get paid you make a living teaching dance touring performing 
doing all these things. And it's like, not a lot, like we didn't grow up with that mentality. Yeah, and I'm not J-Lo yet, but I'm still able to. You know. But you look like J-Lo, honey. You be working there. You know, it's all Your squats have been working out. <laughs> 5 a.m. in the morning, body pump. What? Okay, back to the topic. Okay, back to the topic, though. I want to talk a little bit about three sources of where we learn about money. And to you listening, as Jake and I are talking about these three sources, I want you to think about how these three sources impacted you. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, just knowing this, having an awareness around this will do a lot for your money mindset because you'll start to see in your life like, oh my gosh, I do this because of my mom or oh my gosh, I do this because of my friends or I do this because of society. So those three sources are parents, peers, and culture slash society. So we're going to dive a little bit into each one. And as you're listening, I want you to also like hear us, see what you relate to, but then also think about your situation and how your parents or caregivers, peers, culture, and society have shaped your views around money. Because the point of that is to have an awareness around it. And then you decide now as a consenting adult or teenager or whatever, who you are today, what you want to believe. Cool? So, cool. so parents, I, I know, so Jake, you, you said a little bit about, they taught you about get this job, but mm-hmm. what do you think you learned in terms of like witnessing how your parents were about money? Like maybe not even what they told you specifically, but right. just from watching them. Just watching them and how I interacted. I definitely remember there being fights about money. Yeah. Like whenever a money conversation would come up, it would be an argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was always afraid to even ask for, hey, can I get $10 so I can buy like this toy? Mm-hmm. Because it was kind of like, it's a money thing. So it's like, it's like taboo. You're not supposed to talk about it or else bad feelings will come up. That's what I interpreted as a kid. Yeah, so, that's, that's actually a, a big point. Yeah. What were they arguing about? Like maybe um, one or two things that they argued about a lot. It was like, oh, we, we, there's not enough. It was a conversation. There's I remember not there's not enough. Um, and it was like, there's not enough for the car. There's not enough for this. Da, 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 da. What are we going to do? And then they would fight about it because they're trying to decide of where the money should go again. Mm, that's the finite resource you were talking about. Uh, the idea or the idea that I had about finite resources. And then it would be about with family members if someone was sick and um you know they and you know they were asking for money so they could pull together for somebody's um you know medical coverage mm-hmm. um and then whoever didn't it was like a bad thing and if you oh, had like you're the bad one you're the bad one if you didn't give money and i was like wait what what then i i sort of like um interpreted that money was bad like yeah kind of like money was bad don't talk about it and it, it ruins families it's like it's like a big drama yeah. that walks into the room he's like make drama about me da, da, da. and you know and that was it's a good way because you know <laughs> we drama queens no, that, those are really important point, and i'm sure we could talk for hours about just like one set of parents alone but i just want to pause there and like pull out points because i'm sure a lot of people can relate to this but it's like the fact that anytime money is brought up it's a fight for a child, like your child brain will automatically be like, money's obviously bad. I don't mm-hmm. even want to talk about money because 
like it's going to be a bad thing. It's going to tear apart families, like you said. It's going to, um, people are going to fight about it. And then also, so that's like associating like anger and fighting with money, which is already, as an adult, your subconscious mind is going to be like, no, money means fighting and angry and bad. So you're not going to try to like make more of it or you're not going to want to talk about it necessarily. Right. unless. Right. And you could probably be, un be unaware of it. Like Exactly. It's an unaware I thing. I, as an adult, I know that money is not bad or money is not going to be, money is not the root of all evil, but then, you know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's like mm -hmm. an initial subconscious reaction. Like it's just like, it's just like yeah. you, your body's so used to it. Your exactly. So to it that it's just that you are where you are based on your subconscious thoughts. Exactly. And that's why this exercise that we're doing right now is so important because once you're aware of it, it's almost like that subconscious mind, which is like, you know, 80 to 90% of your mind really. And the conscious mind is only like 10 to 15%. It's like the subconscious mind is like, Oh, they see me, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, okay. And then you become aware of it and then you can actually do something to change it. So right. I think it's really good especially to you listening, like be aware of what were the conversations about money that your parents or your caregivers or whatever the grownups had at home and how that affected you and like start making those changes. For me, it was like, it wasn't so much about fighting, but there was definitely, I'm, I'm, I was raised by a single mom. So my dad definitely had like the finite kind of attitude about it it was just like a finiteness. There wasn't like a bad feeling about it, but still as a child, it's like, I associate like, Oh, there's not enough. Oh my gosh. So it's kind of like relating to what you had where it's not enough. I have to allocate this smartly or else there's going to be a fight with my mom. There was definitely like a not enough scarcity mm -hmm. kind of talk. And she always talked about how Americans are so spoiled because in America, we absolutely have much more privilege and wealth and riches than in the Philippines. As a child, if I wanted something like a toy on TV or like some cool new fad or trend, she would always make that comment about Americans are so spoiled. They just spend their money on these things that you don't need. So it's like it's only good if you spend money on necessities, but not too much necessities. But then at the same time, she loved to splurge on, like, experiences. <laughs> like, it, money was no object if we were on vacation. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine for my child brain, that's like, it's like conflicting messages. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we can, again, we can talk about our parents forever, but I think that's enough to, like, really start planting the seeds. And then to you listening, like, you know, how, how did your parents or the grownups in your life when you were a child, what were their behaviors and attitudes about money and how did they talk about it? Because that will really help you identify where you're at and why, where you're coming from and some of the beliefs that maybe you need to like work on changing or finding evidence otherwise so that you can change your money conversation. The next piece and this is cool. This is actually a new piece that came in that I never thought about. But your peers. So like, you know, you think about when you're a kid, like in school or uh, middle school or, or high school and, yeah. and college even. Yeah. Like how did your, you and your peers talk about money? So tell me a little bit about your experience, whether, and tell me if it's like middle school, high school, or just generally um, speaking. I think how did your, 
college was very significant because um it was such a there was such a variety of friends that I had and yeah and ranging from you know people with money and people without money yeah so the experiences were different and I it really opened me up to seeing how people were I guess in hindsight looking back at it I was like wow they they were able to like do this or my friend here was able to do so much and live at the school and pay for whatever lunch or whatnot and the other one the other side of it is I had friends who lived local who were like spending pennies to to buy lunch or bringing their lunch from home for me my inter my my interpretation of all that was okay I never really thought about it as like where am I in all that it was more of uh just trying to be with them in a way that was I don't know we really didn't talk about money because I already knew that money was bad kind of thing or like or subconsciously knew that money was bad so even if I asked like hey can you spot me for like uh you know five dollars some of them would be like yeah sure or some of them would be like no nah, I don't have any and it would be okay but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it all the time I wouldn't ask it unless I really needed to right um, I would always make sure that I had my own money in order to like you know make do make or do whatever it is that I wanted to do which it still kind of speaks to that whole finite resource belief, right? Yeah. Did and how I'm curious, like, how do you think having this wide variety of friends with different conversations around money or experiences of money, how do you think that impacted you? I think it sort of just gave it further, or, or like, give it more supporting evidence of my my childhood beliefs around money around the finiteness i really yeah the finite resource or like it being something that also actually gave me a new thought that you have to have come from money money has to come from someplace right. for you you have to inherit it or something like that that's like it was more like it was supporting evidence of my my childhood thoughts and beliefs and then it gave me more ideas of ways to make more money and then right. the addition but the only way for real wealth is you have to come from it or inherit it. Yeah. You either yeah. gotta work for it or you have to come from money. And that and was there's no other way. That's yeah. really important and it's it's interesting. I was gonna ask something about that because I know you how you said in college you had some friends that had a lot of money and then some that didn't. I was curious if there was like a belief that was like, well, that's for them, like they have a lot of money because they came from it or whatever reason but like I'm over here, they're over there. It's almost like they're over there. You know, the people with all the money over, over there, the people with little, little money are over there and I'm over here like hustling for it or whatever. Well, I, it, it didn't really uh, separate me from my friends. It was more like, cause we can get along without having to talk about money. It was more. Of, right. No, I don't mean about, I just mean more like it. I was just curious about what the beliefs might've been made or like solidified because of it. Like unconsciously. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Because like you're saying the new belief that came in was like, oh, you had to come from money or you, right. or you work for it. And right. I feel like I was curious if that was because of, you know, in college you had a lot of friends that had a lot of money, but maybe there was a subconscious like switch that that was like, oh, okay. I see that some people can have a lot of money, but that's them because they came from money. Yes. For me with the peers, it was interesting because I, I relate to you. We didn't necessarily talk about money and money didn't necessarily separate us. But when I zoom out and look at the whole view, this is exactly the conversation of privilege because it's in, privilege is invisible to us. 
And if you come from money and all your peers come from money, you're not going to think otherwise, right? It's like a fish in water. Like try to tell a fish it's wet. The fish is going to be like, what are you talking about? You know? And like, even for humans, you know, we're not dry until we realize we can be in the water and be wet and then come out, you know? So it's like, if you're born with this money privilege, you're kind of like this fish in water. And that's why like telling people they have privilege. It's like a lot of people are like, no, I don't. I work for everything. It's like, we're not saying you didn't work for everything, but you grew up in a different pond than I did. Let's just say that. <laughs> so um, for me, yeah, like my peers, I'm thinking about high school specifically. I'm privileged enough that we never struggled for money. Like I never had to worry about the roof over my head or food on my plate. I had two loving parents who were willing to give me allowance and then I got like jobs in high school and then I learned how to pay for my own stuff. But because I didn't have to struggle for like the basic living expenses, the money I made was like for extra stuff. And then, but a lot of, and I know I realized that that's a privilege and not a lot of people grew up like that. So I'm blind to that in that way. But my peers were in the same boat. So, you know, we would go hang out. We would go to the movies. We would go out to eat, but no one was like struggling about money. So that's that's like my general like thermostat that I come from but then something that I did realize recently is I don't feel like I belong with rich people people who came from money because like that's interesting yeah and when I went to middle school I went to a like a night a school in like a much nicer neighborhood than my elementary school oh no I'm lying anyway <laughs> A lot of my friends, I felt were You're just lying on the podcast. I don't know if they were like much better off. <laughs> I know I lie. You can't lie on your podcast. I was like, wait, no, that's not true. But I think my perception of them was like their parents will buy anything for them and all this cool stuff, and they can have all this stuff. And because my mom won't buy that stuff for me because Americans are spoiled and they don't get to have whatever they shouldn't like waste money on these things. I made a belief, my child brain made a belief that I didn't belong with people that had cool stuff because I, I didn't have cool stuff. That's so sad, but you know, it's just interesting how even our experience with our peers can also shape our thing about money. And so for me, the, the next level that I'm kind of trying to break through is believing that I belong. Mm-hmm. And that I also get to have cool stuff, not for the sake of cool stuff, but just for the sake of deserving and being worthy of a better lifestyle, mm. which is a whole thing. So that's peers. What? what, what yeah. Our lifestyle be also like subjective, or like it is. It's just based on your viewpoint on the circumstance, or what. You it is. I, I agree, and I think. My hope is that with this episode helps people, myself included, open up a little bit more to a different possibility. Mm. Because I feel like with money, like we said, it's that fish in water thing. Where like if you're struggling and everyone around you is struggling, you don't think that there's anything different possible. Yeah. That's why for you, I think that like you said, the college experience must have been, you said it was like one of the most significant because you actually got to be out of water for a little bit and experience like fish from a different pond, so to speak, and be like, oh, 
some people would that be like what and I no, and I think also that's kind of why we love well I, I I say we so like not really but like a lot of people love watching like the Kardashians or people with this like immense amount of wealth because I think maybe subconsciously it has them be like I wonder what it would be like to have that but maybe like the belief is like oh I could never have that or that'll never be me but we still like love to watch it yeah literally like watching animals in a zoo like watching like, how the do they live it's like watching a dog walk on its hind legs. <laughs> <laughs> bonus when you get amelia and jake you get entire conversations in mean girls quotes so <laughs> we'll if, obviously have to <laughs> go and if you can tell how many times we've we've quoted mean girls in this show you get a free something <laughs> free self-love story teacup <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> Thanks for offering a freebie for me. We'll definitely have to have Jake back, obviously, because that's fun. So it's just interesting to think about this fish and water concept with our peers and like the different ponds that people come from. Sticking with that, in order to go to a different pond, you need to like have your mindset increase to that pond. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk in a sec about like some resources that have helped us increase that mindset. But um, the third place that I wanted to talk about was culture and society. And so just to kind of lead off with that, definitely in society, especially in American society, but definitely in Filipino culture and even Filipino American culture, we touched on this already, but like it's that acceptance of the starving artist and that acceptance of artists don't deserve or shouldn't be making a lot of money unless you're like already Superstar. next level yeah. or dead. <laughs> right. Right? right. And that's a big problem because there's a lot of talented artists. And when I say artists, I mean, musician, dancer, choreographer, you know, visual artist, writer, there's a lot of extremely talented people in our society and a lot of our cultures just don't value it, mm. which is so backwards. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think, well, society, I, it's such a big, vast like space of what society is because yeah. I, in my belief, I think like society is everything. It's, this side plus that so it's like a whole pot of just every thought and belief out there mm-hmm. so it's it's more of how what i think or what i'm choosing to believe about society or which side i'm thinking that it really caters towards or you know it's just trying to come up with my own reality but i don't know to me i've already accepted the fact that everything is everywhere so <laughs> <laughs> I, we have transcended. Really <laughs> in other words we have transcended society i i mean i agree with you it, it's definitely a matter of who you choose to be and the role you choose to play and what you choose to believe. But I also definitely think, uh, for especially for your listeners, like if you want to go through this exercise, like really take an inventory. It's like, okay, how has my society, what are my beliefs about society around money? Like how am I, how, how am I being taught through the people around me and through my community about what money is or like, is there yeah. not? Like, you know, just thinking about that in that way, just so you could be aware about. What- no, that's a great point. 
And even to like add on to that, because now we'll, we'll jump into like some things that we did to change our money mindset, to be in a different pond, so to speak. If your society or your community, I love that you brought up community, is not the pond or the environment that is reflecting the beliefs around money that are supportive to you, it's time to find a different group, right? <laughs> or, you know, it's time to find different friends. And it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying like break up with all your friends, but think about who you're hanging around with and the stuff that they're saying about money, about success, about whatever. And is that what you want to be saying about it? And if not, you know, it's time to go to a meetup or to some kind of group meeting or, you know, ask like the one or two people in your life that are having the conversations you want to have and asking them, where do you hang out? What, what are you reading? What are you doing? I definitely, it's, it's never about like cutting off your friends or like, Oh no, absolutely. Oh, have the same mindset as me about money. So I'm not going to be friends with them or like be around them. It's like, no, you get to love on people, but I'm saying you're right. It's like, if, if you want to change your mindset around money, it's like you should be mixing in and getting to know the people and, you know, getting into their minds, like finding out what they're thinking about money so that yes. you can be at that same level of money making. Yes, absolutely. Not, and not saying same level of the amount and the number of money you have or you're making. It's more of that, that mindset. The mindset. It's mm-hmm. never about the number because that's not what money is. And we'll right. Go- that's the, that's the next level. That, that needs to be for part two. <laughs> Money is energy. We have transcended the need for numbers. <laughs> All about energy. I mean, which I totally believe. I'm totally on board with that. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a whole next level conversation. But what were, what's one book? Let's just go with one first. Like what's one book and what's one technique or practice that you, Jake, have done to, and, and or are doing to increase your money mindset to that, you know, bigger pond or different pond? One book, um, I actually listen to podcasts too, but let's say one book what, that really sort of jumped me forward was You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jensen mm-hmm. A lot of it, it it's like, it's a, it's a book, but it doesn't tell you about how to make money. It's more about the the mindset that you have around money. And it was really about looking in. So the practice that I always do, because I'm not perfect, and there's times where I definitely um, think. What? That's yes. the fine print in the best friend contract. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there are times where I definitely um, am thinking scarce about money. So, but it's more of um, now at that point, okay, okay. I noticed that my mind is thinking this way about money. Mm-hmm. At this point. And now I feel this way about it and I feel scarce. I feel anxious. I feel all that stuff. So then we do, well, I'm doing what I call like thought downloads, just writing all my beliefs about money, like literally from my childhood to my society, my peers, like all of that stuff, writing down what my beliefs are. And beliefs are nothing, uh, to me at least, beliefs are just thoughts that I constantly think about. Yes. So that's what all a belief is. So I just have to realize that they're not true or they're not necessarily true and factual. It's just something that I've thought about for, you know, I've, I've had a lot of practice thinking about. So yes. they become habits and they, it appears to me that it's true. So even if I say, um, oh my God, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. That's not an actual fact or an observation. It's just something I'm thinking about. Uh, so yeah. therefore I feel it. So I think I write everything down 
And then I, and I write down, it's like, okay, how do I feel when I think about these things? I feel anxious. I feel scared. I feel fearful. And then what, what are my actions now based on my, my feelings? Because my feelings really cause my, my actions. So, and I realized like, oh, I'm not doing, I'm not producing hundred percent in my creativity. I'm not working as much or I'm getting tired or like, or I just don't feel like I don't want to do anything and procrastinating all that stuff. And then looking at that, then I decide, okay, I know where this is from now. And then now what do I want? How do I want to feel? What, what are some things that, I, what is the result that I want to have? How do I want to feel? And then what are the thoughts that I need to think about and practice thinking about in order for me to get there? Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, and what I'm hearing is it's really, number one, it's a practice, right? So it's not like, yay, I realized I have scarce thoughts. And so tomorrow I'm not going to be scarce anymore. Ever. <laughs> like yeah. that's just not, and it's, I love, I love having it to like a gym analogy because it's yes. something that everyone can relate to. It's like, you're not going to be like, Ooh, I want to be buff. So let me go and lift this 300 pound weight right mm -hmm. now. Like that's not, but you know, if you do a little bit at a time, eventually you'll get stronger and stronger and pretty soon you're lifting, you know, big weights above your head and all kinds of stuff. And then you're seeing the muscle definition. So it's the same with money. You can call it your money muscle. You might not be lifting a million dollars into the bank account, mm -hmm. but you know, you can, wherever you're at, you can start to lift a dollar more, a dollar at a time or $5 at a time or increase your salary by, you know, $10,000 at a time if that's where you're at. So it, it really requires a practice. And I love that part about beliefs are just thoughts that you've thought a lot that you have practiced thinking. So mm -hmm. it's like, just like with working out or eating clean, you have practice all your life eating unhealthy, let's say, or eating like fast food every day. So you just have to slowly start changing to like drinking more water or eating more veggies and like lowering the amount of fast food. But um, that's why a lot of times in diets, if you go cold turkey, it doesn't really work. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Like the first, yes. you go to the gym the first few weeks or the first. Oh first God, it sucks. Before, it sucks. You hate it. You don't want to go back. So it's going to feel like that, but that's the necessary discomfort. That's the price you pay for leveling up and being in a different pond yeah absolutely I, and i love too that you brought up the emotions money is such an emotionally charged thing like even as we talked about how parents that fight about it a lot have children that think i can't even talk about it because like it's going to bring up bad stuff and and i want to segue that too into one of my favorite books about money that was like i did not expect um and it deals with emotions is um, Tapping Into Wealth Ooh. by Margaret Lynch. And again, I'll, I'll link all the books in the show notes. But it, it, it relates to EFT, which is, if you haven't heard about it, just real quick, it's, it, it's called Emotional Freedom Technique. And I don't know all the science behind it, but just like electricity, I might not know all the science around that, but I know how it works and I know how to do it, and it works. So Ooh. tapping... And EFT is also known as tapping, and it's a technique where you tap these um, acupressure points on your body as you're thinking a thought so that it diffuses the charge of that thought. So like if you're thinking a negative thought, you say it out loud while you're tapping, 
you know, like for example, there's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough. And I'm tapping the center of my forehead because that's one of the spots. I'm doing it now too. Yeah. So, and again, I, this isn't an EFT lesson. If you want to look it up, definitely look it up. But in tapping into wealth, she does give you some tapping uh, sequences to do. And each chapter, like there's a chapter on income, there's a chapter on debt. There's a, like, I love it so much. And each chapter um, comes with, and I bought it, the, the Kindle version. So each chapter comes with a link to her YouTube video where she actually guides you through tapping it out. And that, that has like, it was, it is so good. It's really helped diffuse some of the emotions. So that's a practice that I do, especially for the emotional side. So for example, like, let's say actually the other day, my freaking car got towed and it was a lot of money that I didn't have. And I had a lot of feelings about it. And I literally <laughs> was like in the street with where my car was no longer freaking tapping my forehead. Like, <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. And I'm like tapping. And I was just like, cause I had so much feeling like I had so much anger that I wanted to like, punch a wall which would have like yeah. broken my fist and that wouldn't have been, or like you know attack someone so I just was tapping and I just let that anger kind of diffuse while I was tapping so that's just an example so anytime that I have to like deal with something related to money that brings up a lot of emotion for me like paying off debt paying a bill I just tap it out. I'm just yeah. like, okay. Or like if I look at my bank account and I'm like, crap, I don't know if I have enough for my bills this month. It's like, okay, there's not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough. And I just tap it out until that feeling kind of diffuses. So I love that book. I'll link it in the show notes. I, have you known about that technique, Jake? No. No, no, I, no, I know you're, you're like about, you're like, let's get off no. this call. I want to like, that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. And, and there's like a lot of different points and you can do a whole sequence, you know, and the video, she guides you through it. Okay. So that's a great book. And the other one, and we both have read this. It's like the ultimate rich dad, poor dad. I already knew it was that. Yep. By Robert Kiyosaki. And just to kind of give you, because, you know, you're, you're getting to know me too as, as you listen to this podcast, but Rich Dad Poor Dad is the book that had me realize, holy crap, there are, there are other ponds out there and I am in the wrong freaking pond. <laughs> and it's such a good book. Pond we mean also not just the physical space, it's also, just for the listeners, it's also yeah. like a you know, Absolutely. No, thank you. That's, that's a great point. And an emotional state, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I was like, I'm in the wrong pond. I need a bigger pond. Just to reiterate, this isn't about bigger or smaller. It's, it's just about different. Because I knew that with what I was up to in the world and what I wanted to create and who I wanted to help and influence and serve, I needed a bigger pond. So much so that I read this book so many times and I literally felt like it's Robert Kiyosaki. He wrote the book and like, he was like my uncle. I was like uncle Bobby, you know, like, and I was like, I got to meet this guy. And what I noticed was not a lot of young people knew about it, or at least in my world. And so I, I read this book in my twenties, my early twenties. And I was like, young people need to hear this. Like if I would have read this book in high school or college, 
this would have totally changed the game. And I just manifested. I was like, I need to meet this guy. I need to tell him personally that I want to help him teach these principles to young people. Um, and that can be a whole nother episode, the whole story about that in terms of manifestation. But I met him and his wife and I worked with him and his elite group of advisors to bring these concepts to colleges and universities all over the United States. This book is the real deal. It helped me shift my mindset. It helped me really manifest things in my life. And it's funny because, and tell me, Jake, if you, how you feel about this, you know, I have a lot of friends and peers and followers that are like, Amelia, you're so lucky. Like you create all this cool stuff for yourself. You know, like how did you get to meet Robert Kiyosaki? How did you get to be a speaker in colleges? How do you get, you get to do all these things? You're so lucky. I get kind of mad about that sometimes. Like, I mean, of course I'm like, thank you. Right. But it makes me mad. Cause I'm like, do you know how hard I work on my mindset? I practice every day. It's like someone saying, you're so lucky you have six pack abs to like, you know, or like, or to an Olympian, like, you're so lucky you have a gold medal. That Olympian would be like, bitch, this is my full-time job. Like, my, you know, <laughs> tell me, do you relate to that, Jake? How do you feel about that here? Like, uh, I, yeah, I used to relate to it, actually, because he'd be like, oh, my God, you're so lucky you get to do that. Just like, and I'd, I'd respond and be like, you can do it, too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's, but it's not easy. So I think what strikes to me is my interpretation of the word lucky, because mm. it makes it seem like, I didn't do much work to get here and they don't know what it is. Nowadays, when people say that, it's like, oh, I understand that it's not, it's more about what your mindset is and what your interpretation of my success or what success is to you outside of yourself. So it's really more about them. And it's more of me seeing their understanding where they're, where they're at. So. Yeah. I love that. I love that you pulled that out. And also just, you know, everybody knows this. It's no secret. Jake is much nicer than me. So <laughs> of course he would be like, I have compassion. And I'd be like, listen, bitch, no, <laughs> but that's just how it is. And that's why we balance each other out. So that's cute or whatever, but no, yeah, I, I, I love it right now. Cause I can get like that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like we, we all can for sure. And I, I, I have compassion. I can be compassionate just I'm not so all the time. Friend. And especially not when I'm hungry. Um, definitely not when I'm hungry. Oh yeah, be be on the be on the watch, everyone. <laughs> if I'm hungry, woo! Um, but I love I love that you said you know it's it's about an interpretation about the word lucky and a perception because a lot of people only see the highlight reel on social media or even like in any celebrity's life they don't see the everyday behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Or like people that seem like an overnight success, they didn't see the times that they were struggling because that wasn't on social media. I want to take this as a moment to say to you listening, it's like, consider the fact that they didn't just snap their fingers and like get somewhere. Whoever you admire, whoever has the money, the body, the bank account, the, the career, the lifestyle, like it took a lot for them to get there. And I think for me, in some moments, I can have the compassion for it. But in other moments, it, it feels like an insult to be like, oh, you're lucky. You, you just get all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I work hard on my mindset, mind push-ups, if you will, mind squats. I work hard for this round mind booty that I have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mind 
squats. <laughs> Trademarked here, right here, right now. Mind squats, mind booty. Get your money, mind booty on fleek. <laughs> to me, money is a resource. It's a tool. It's a man-made thing that we use to say thank you or like in exchange for a service. It's just a tool. It's not something to have that you keep. It's really, it's an, like a constant flow and it, oh, it's always moving. So it's never something that I always want to keep. Like, I'm not saying like spend all the money you got, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. be responsible with it because it is important. But money's not the root of all evil. It's the interpretation of money that is the root of all evil. Oh, shoot. We're we getting taken to church, y'all. And also understanding for me was um, that the ways to earn money, because I think when we say make money, you, we, I used to, con used to um, associate making money and earning money with spending time and effort in order to, exchanging time and effort in order to do it. But money is really, it's not the number. $100 is $100. It's not the number that mm -hmm. you know, is important. It's that money is more of the value. Mm -hmm. by increasing your value because why is it that somebody who works minimum wage $15 an hour at McDonald's you know works and gets paid $15 for that hour for an hour but yet Ariana Grande goes for an hour at a show and she makes $20,000 you know yeah. so it's really not time it's more of money is it's not the number it's the value so you increase the amount of money you have by increasing your own value yes if you think that it's only time that will get you money, then you know, you're going to set yourself up for a limited belief. It's yeah. a limited belief that that's the only amount that you can make and you put a cap on the amount you can make. And I love what you're bringing to light because it's definitely also brings in the self-love piece, right? It's like yeah. you, you say about value and value is really about self-love, like loving yourself enough to know that you're worth it, to know that you're deserving, to know that you can change the conversation and elevate. I mean, I have resistance on some days because of just like going to the gym, I have resistance doing the push-ups, and I can feel when my mind is like, no, we cannot create that amount of money. What are you talking about? Reject, reject. But I make sure I show up every day to the moneyed mindset gym and oh, do my booty squats. Going to the gym, you would not lift 55 pounds with one hand and do a bicep curl if you can't do it you can't go from zero to 100 right away exactly so, just like with your mind you know it's gonna take time it's gonna take practice but you need to build your way up there and sometimes you can ladder your way up there so yeah full positive going to zero 100 just like the gym you know you can start off with i i don't want to talk about money i i feel i'm i'm fearful about it to money is a way of saying thank you money is a resource or money yeah, that was your next level step, your ladder. That was like your, your five-pound dumbbell instead of... Yeah, the, like from negative to neutral and then work your way up until you're yeah. able to say that or, or think that thought and then feel the according feelings that you want to have. Yeah, and I, I love that you bring that to light because I think a lot of like, especially like spiritual love and light people out there are like, my, it's abundant, it's abundant. And I think that's, that's like coming from an opinion of privilege because mm -hmm. if, you're, if you grew up struggling and worrying about what you're going to eat and worrying about, oh my God, how am I going to put diapers on my child? Yeah. You don't go from there to money is abundant and pouring from everywhere. Like people in that situation will look at you like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that's some classist bullshit. Yeah. So I love that you brought up this concept of laddering it and, and like, you know, start where you are and just take 
like do those mental push-ups to the next step for mm -hmm. sure for sure and like anyone teaching money mindset freaking check your privilege please because there's a lot of like classist bullshit out there that's just like it's more detrimental and if you if you truly want to like raise the wealth conversation in the world you got to help people and meet them where they're at mm -hmm. so to you listening wherever you're at is totally okay let this be an invitation to just slowly open it up and just take that next ladder rung like jake said right just start opening your mind you know read read a book or talk to someone and do those mental push-ups those money mindset push-ups do and those squats. squats. <laughs> Do those squats, honey. Get your mind booty right. And definitely, as always, with every episode, I would love to hear how this resonated for you. Send me an email at my website, ameliafortes.com slash contact. I will also link that in the show notes. This has been really good. This has been full of a lot. I love you. You've been listening to Courageous Self-Love. Thank you so much, Jake, for being a guest. Thank you. This has been Self Love and Money. We out. Peace. I'm going mad.